Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing the Season 7 Tell All Part 1 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Angela doesn't even make it to her seat before throwing her traditional temper tantrum. Usman and Kim say they stayed broken up. Jovi and Andre start getting defensive about their respective situations over drinks. Jenny is just happy to hear people speak English, and it looks like Shida may have gotten her way at least once. And Ed and Liz can't really define their relationship after Ed kicked her out. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dunces, and Life Lessons. If you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup MK, where we'll be covering the new season of Love After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. Uh, Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year. I'm not doing too bad um i only have my i only have one week off so i one week really not ready i'm really not ready to go back to work tomorrow i'm not either but i've had way more than that (laughs) yes i know i'm aware all right so uh you know someone who didn't seem ready to come back because they left immediately was angela and michael so let's start off with them So Angela's video calling her grandbabies because she is very nervous about seeing Michael. So she wants to look her very best. So her grandbabies are, you know, being called to, you know, help her pick out what she's going to wear. And uh, her grandbabies veto dresses saying that she needs to make Michael jealous. The girls advise her to stay calm as they approve a red sequin jumpsuit. Skyla then stops by to suggest she wear a black dress to mourn the death of her relationship. Angela tells us that Michael has been talking to another woman, and she says that he is a cheater. She wants to find out all the lies he's been telling since day one. Angela doesn't know how to feel, either mad or sad. Skyla says that she's been making excuses for Michael and ignores all the signs. Skyla heard the voicemail of Michael with the other woman, and she's done even trying to defend him. Angela says that she has a secret weapon because she's got a new man she's been with for several months. Angela says her secret weapon will help to expose the secrets. Skyla says that she supports it as long as it helps her to move on from Michael. Angela then brings up how Usman has said bad things about her on social media. Angela thinks that he is a scammer. Usman ended up meeting with Michael, which she thinks was the catalyst for Michael having an Instagram and then eventually cheating on her with a super fan, kind of like Usman. Angela is walking the streets of New York, flirting with young men, twerking everywhere. She's talking with her friend Jen, showing off her arms because she's fixing for a fight. Angela tells Jen that Usman is a liar who's manipulating Kim, and Angela doesn't dislike Kim. Jen tells her to be calm, and Angela arrives and, once again, twerking everywhere. Uh, Everyone is talking behind her back that they're worried about her uh, when they're all in the green room because... Uh, Angela acts like she's the queen bee. Angela tries to call Michael, but he doesn't pick up. Angela thinks that it should come out how he treats her and she's not going to protect him anymore. And then Michael calls her back and Angela immediately starts yelling at him about the super fan he cheated on her with. Michael can't seem to hear her, but what he does hear, he doesn't really say anything or respond. Uh, Ed tells everyone in the green room that they just need to ignore Angela because she clearly just wants attention. She sprayed herself with some water as she used her bra to store it before walking on set. Angela sees one look at Usman before she comes at the monitor that he's on and then gets in Yara's face as Yara's trying to get her just to respect everyone. And then Angela walks off stage before anything has really even started. Michael tries to defend Angela to Usman, and then Michael says Usman shouldn't be telling him what to do as Usman is yelling at him to just take control of his life. Michael then walks off the screen, too, saying he can't stay there if Angela is not there. Michael calls Angela to tell her that he loves her and just to calm down. And then Kim, you know, meanwhile, back on stage, points out that Angela is the one who came in hot. And it seems like these two have left the tell-all. But do you really think they have left the tell-all? No, because Angela just keeps replaying the same movie and she's always going to come back. And she hinted about this other man that we're going to hear about. So there's no way they just like don't don't get she doesn't gonna come back and not talk about that right she's just doing her annoying angela tell-all routine yeah that is actually pretty true um you know and it is interesting because i thought 
even though I don't think Ed has any insight to anything, as we'll see later on in this, uh, you know, show. But Ed's the one who was like, don't like react to her. Don't say anything. She just, you know, she's just trying to get attention. I think he's absolutely right in this case. I know. I didn't like that. I agreed with Ed. I know, because I never agree with Ed, especially some of the stuff he said. I wouldn't even, don't even look her in the eye. Just, yeah, nothing. What is she going to get mad at if you never talk to her? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then. And then, and, and, but there was, like I said, there was no way you were going to avoid. And I feel like she kind of thought that might happen, mm-hmm. which is why she literally didn't even sit down. Yeah. She didn't even get to her seat before she just started screaming at everyone and walking off. And it was like, well, right. Man, like, yeah. I didn't even have a chance to ignore her. She just like went off right away. Yeah. She came at Usman and it was funny how she was like coming at the monitor. I don't think the camera is like right above the monitor. So it's not like he sees her like menacingly oh, like. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Coming that's at true. him. So it's just like, I don't really understand what you're it's trying to do It's not even like a zoom. He here. probably is looking at a picture of the whole stage and she's like, well, she's just like attacking the side of the stage over right. there and like screaming it. That that's weird. Yeah. Okay. So who do you think the secret weapon is? Because at first I did think that it was like a, a love interest, right? But then she was talking about her secret weapon helping to expose the secret. So it's like, is this a private investigator she's had for four months? Is it the woman um, that he's been talking to? Well, like, she did say man. She did say yeah. man. Okay, maybe it's a man that she had poses woman and gets slide into her DMs. I don't know. The obvious answer is it's Billy, right? Yeah, but Billy said he wasn't interested in her, and I think he's been around longer than a few months. Maybe, maybe I don't. It's it's just gonna be dumb if it's like here's Angelus, unless it's like somebody dumb, like really dumb, like another cast member from another season because it seems weird just to be like I have a secret weapon well that's what I'm saying I think it's like a private investigator or something that is going to help expose the secrets yeah which is dumb I don't know, no dumb it for sure it's dumb because <laughs> dumb it, but I mean but look at how she is making a spectacle of herself you know like in the streets of New York flirting with these young dudes and the twerking twerking what the, what, what, everywhere what the hell was that yeah. Like in the hotel room with the dress that I don't know how didn't sh- it didn't show her butt crack. Yeah. Like just twerking. She's smoking in a hotel room. It's almost certainly a non-smoking hotel room. <laughs> sure. Like – and I keep thinking – like I was thinking on stage like, OK, if she got down and she was going to go toe-to-toe with anybody on the stage, right? Uh-huh. I don't think she could beat up literally anybody. Um, she would get some good hits in, make no doubt. Yeah. But then she would just start hacking up a lung and the other person could have her would do whatever. Yeah. Like, even Jenny would be like, all right, I'm going to run away for three seconds. You're going to stop and be like, <laughs> oh, and God. then I'm just going to like, I'll kick you in the stomach or something. Like, this is not going to last very long. Yeah. Um, but like, but that's just the suspicion. I think she was very suspicious that she was going to get on stage. Everyone was going to ignore her and she wouldn't have her opportunity to do what she did. So she did it right I away. I know. Right. Honestly, this production company needs to quit rewarding that behavior. It's like I'm so over her. And, yes. you know, and the tell-alls always put the nail in the coffin for like the season. I'm just like, oh, can we please not bring her back? Just I don't. I, I don't want to talk about this woman anymore. No. I don't – it's not interesting. It's not can you believe it anymore. Right. Like it's like, oh, there she goes again. Right, right. And it's like every right. single tell-all. So that's why it's like, oh, okay, she's leaving now. All right. But – Yeah. Okay. And I actually was back. I actually was kind of – I was like relieved that she left right yeah. away. Because it was just like, oh, good. This is, this is done now. We can actually talk about – we can actually get to the other couples and do something else. Right. All right, so moving on from that, well, let's go to because it's the person that triggered her. Let's yeah. go to Kim and Usman. All right, so Usman is in Lagos because that's where he'll be filming his remote for the tell-all, which for him is thirty-six hours away. We kind of glossed over that. Everybody starts. It was like halfway through the tell-all before we actually started the tell-all. Yeah, um, started everybody super early. So they remind us a little bit about him and Kim and how they had the sacrificing Olympics about. Who's sacrificing more in the relationship? And he says that they've been broken up since filming ended, but they've still been in contact through text. He says that they chat and, but, you know, and it's nice, but being in an actual relationship is bad for him. He feels like he's been, he has been unfairly criticized for using Kimberly and wants to defend himself. Well, not so much defend himself against Angela because he, she knows, he knows that she's going to come for him. 
And again, we saw that it by coming for him means as soon as she walked on stage, he just she just said, fuck you, bitch, uh-huh. and flicked off the camera, flicked off his screen. Um, but they do after she's off the stage and everything, um, they start at well, he also provokes, we saw talked about already how he provokes Michael into also leaving. So Kim calls the whole thing shameful and disgusting. Sean gets around to them in the introductions and they say they're not together as a couple, period. Done and over. But they're still friends. And Kim says, maybe friends with benefits if we can make that oh work. Gosh. So, ew. All right. So, that is the I mean, worst I like, so- of friends with benefits setup. It's like you have to fly <laughs> so far out of your way. It's like, how desperate are you? Who wants a long distance friends with benefits relationship? Like, how does that even Yeah, work? like I get it if like, oh, you know, um, if you were in town every once in a while, why would she have any reason to go to Nigeria unless it was for another foreign fiance, which I could see her doing. And then it's like, and then what? It's like you're there with another dude. So why would you need a friends with benefits? Yeah, I don't know. I I it's it's a weird. I think she was just trying to joke about like maybe we could still hook up, and it's like I don't know how you would right. hook up, but all right. So what did you take on Usman's like side of provoking both? He provoked pretty much both Angela and Michael. Uh, um, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that he was kind of poking at Michael, but then like I don't know, Michael's kind of weird in that he will always randomly stick up for Angela, like when he thinks that he's going to get in trouble if he doesn't. So, yes. <laughs> um, but you know, because I was kind of surprised because isn't Angela the reason why she was mad at Usman in the first place was because Usman and Michael were buddies. So the fact that he came at Michael, I was like a little. Surprised surprised by that but i'm not surprised that he came at angela because i kind of feel like which is also surprising why he came at michael is because like i think he sees michael as his buddy and he's trying to like stick up for his buddy because he doesn't think michael is yeah i mean i think he thinks it's like region like nigerian solidarity yeah like go for it and like stick up but i don't know it's a it it it's just you're not, even if you do think that you're not going to get somebody on your side by being like, you need to take control of your life. You're being a be like, he's like yeah. just screaming at him the whole time. And because he clearly wasn't there in the green room for Ed's like advice of like, just. Oh, right. Yeah. Clearly Usman did not get the memo. It's like, oh, man, there should have been a memo. No. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it, that that to me is just like, I don't know. It just it, it, it somebody needs to deal with Angela in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it I don't know. Ignoring is probably right, because if you're engaging her. You can be better than her. You can have the better lines. You can have better comebacks. You can be wittier. And it doesn't matter because she's just screaming cuss words so loud that nobody hears what you said because all we hear is beeps. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Right. And so it just has to be if she comes in there and goes, you know, hook you, bitch, and flicks off the screen of him just being like, hi, Angela. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hi me. You know, she would turn into something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, he is, I don't know, he, he, he's a provoker. He wants to stay on the show too. He's as big of a, not as big of a troll as her, yeah. but he's a huge troll. Yeah. Like that's why he's on the show. I'm actually kind of surprised about them because, you know, like they have definitely hinted on social media that they're still together. And so it's like, yeah, I think they are good at this because I was actually kind of surprised that they weren't still together. Yeah, I I had heard rumors they were like filming together. Yeah, like, and so yeah, let alone not not at all together. Right. I don't know. So I think they're like maybe better at the social media thing than we think they are. Yeah, at least the the dragging it along. I mean, Usman knows what he's doing. Yeah. In terms of in terms of being on TV and making TV, they brought him back for a second woman. Right. Right. That's pretty much just what the list of people that have done that are. What him, Colt, and Ed. Yeah, that that's they bring true. back for other people. Well, like, maybe more now because of single life, right? Because we have single life Cole now. And sure. Ed both met someone on the single life. Well, at least that's mm-hmm. when they developed their relationships, even if they didn't meet them on that show. Well, no, because Colt we had first because that we had he had the other one. Yeah, Jess. Yes, but that was all. Yeah, that was all in the single life. So he was oh, okay. You know, dating Jess on the single life, and then uh, he always had Vanessa, the person he's currently right, with, right. Uh, you know, as a friend and potential dating partner, especially on the single life. But she kept on rejecting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, all right. Uh, next up, uh, let's talk about a little bit more drama, intercast drama, and that was between Andre and Jovi. So, I'll start off with Andre. So, Andre is meeting up with Jovi. Jovi thinks there's a lot to talk about. Jovi says they're making it for now. Uh, Libby is home alone, so she's not with Andre because she is pregnant, so she didn't make it to New York. Jovi hashes out what happened this season, and Andre says that he couldn't renew his green card. He still doesn't have any information, and they told him that if he doesn't get approved by a certain date, that he would be deported. Andre is convinced that Libby's family narked on him. Jovi wonders if maybe Andre is the problem between Libby's family and him. Jovi wonders if he's the one causing all the drama and conflict. And Andre thinks that Libby's family is choking on all of the truth he's dishing out. Andre tries to point out jo Jovi's fault in his relationship to deflect. And Jovi is convinced that Andre is at fault because he doesn't seem to see that any of this could potentially be his fault. Things start to break down between the two of them as they are both blaming the other for the issues in their respective marriages. Andre seems to have found someone else who can't handle his truth or reality, as he puts it. <laughs> Jovi walks out as Andre says that's typical of an American who will yell and scream or run away. Andre tells us that they are having a boy and Libby can't travel to the tell-all because she's actually eight months pregnant. Ed tries to stir the pot by asking Andre in the green room what he did last night, because Ed knew, which brings up the argument with Jovi. It's now revealed that Jovi asked Andre to go to the strip club. At the tell-all, Andre says that he's been very helpful with Libby's pregnancy, and Libby says the pregnancy has mostly been okay. All right, so uh, it'll be interesting. Um, did you expect uh, Andre and Jovi to really get in an argument of any kind, just based on what you think you know of them, their demeanors? Not really, because I thought Jovi wouldn't, like, say anything, like, bad. Right, about sure. Andre, right? He'd just be like, oh, yeah, man, that sucks. That's, you know, I expected... Andre to go off about what his things because he goes off about right, his things. Right. And then Jovi to just give it like, yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I think I expected Jovi to be a little bit more easygoing because he does kind of seem more easygoing to everyone except for Yara. Um, but, right. you know, yeah, I was a little surprised that they got in any kind of argument. I thought these guys, I don't know why I thought they would be like the best of friends, but maybe because you know, Andre, Eastern European, like mm -hmm. maybe he would get where Yara was coming from. Right, right. I mean, it's just uh, Andre's getting like annoyed because basically the only thing he was he was kind of trying to say to him was like, wow, man, Andre, it's really wild that you are the most unlucky person in the world. Everyone you meet is an asshole. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. Crazy how no one you meet it is nice. They're all assholes who are full of shit and bums. And it's crazy that that has nothing to do with you at all. Right. It's always just them that you run into. That's wild. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, uh, like, yeah, it was weird on their part. But what was going on with uh, Yara and Jovi then? All right. So Yara uh, and Jovi. Um, so for, we start with them 48 hours before the tell all. And that's when we have the meeting at the bar. So, you know. And the only previous they've been, <laughs> they have actually talked before in a tell all. And it's just like Andre just gives Yara a hard, uh, Jovi a hard time. He only gives him a hard time about taking Yara to the strip club that one time, <laughs> which doesn't end here. He brings it up like three other times during their stupid argument, right? So he's Andre's surprised when they go to the bar that Yara wasn't with him and they hash out their storyline on, you know, Jovi's part. But Jovi, <laughs> um, but Andre also kind of brings up something that never came up during their season, which is who's paying for her staying in Europe. He's like, so that's him, you know, who's paying? It's I wouldn't pay for this thing. That's weird. Yeah. So anyway, so they, they had their stupid fight and everything. But then we also saw Yara, who wasn't with them. And she's excited to be in New York and excited to meet everyone. And she, we start off with her and Shida because they match up, matched up for jewelry shopping on Fifth Avenue. But they they just talked about Shida stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so in the green room, Jovi recounts his trip, that trip to the bar. We saw that. But, you know, it, there was, they also say that the invitation to the strip club, which you mentioned, and then it comes out that Andre called her a gold digger at some point, yeah. which triggers a rant from Yara about like how she's not 
the Eastern European Ukrainian wife scammer stereotype. So in the show, start, Sean starts off by asking Yara if she's it currently in Europe or New Orleans. And she kind of is cagey about it, saying she's currently in New York. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't understand why she was being so evasive about like, where did you when did you come back? Where are you? Whatever. Yeah. So she says she doesn't want to go back to New Orleans. And Jovi says he's been kind of looking for other places where they could live. Um, and he doesn't want to move anywhere cold. And so Florida is looking pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. But um and then Sean says, well, so so Prague is out. And Jovi says yes. And Yara says no. Um, I don't know. We just we just kind of more of this fight ish stuff. I mean, and when did the gold? Dig- I, I was confused, too. I missed it. When did the gold digger thing come up? Was it during their the bar fight or was it another time? Yes, I think it was the conversation between Jovi and Andre. And so Andre had told uh, Yara or told Jovi that Yara was a gold digger. And the only reason why Jovi brought it up was because he was trying to like place the blame on someone else because he was in the hot seat about asking about the strip club because they definitely rolled back tape. It's very clear Jovi is trying to convince Andre to go to the strip club. Andre is being a good boy. I don't know what he does. That didn't seem clear to me. (laughs) It seemed like. It seemed like Andre was giving him a hard time about the strip club. He's like, what are you saying? You want to go to the strip club? I'll go to the strip club. Let's go. Like, and then I I kind of called his bluff because he's like, you go to strip club all the time. You go strip club. He's like, do you want to go to a strip club? Why are we talking about strip clubs? But then Andre was like, no, I don't want to go to the strip club. I would like to stay married. Like convinced. Yeah. And then Jovi was like, I just don't, I don't understand like. Why? Because he wasn't the only one. At some point, Ed, Joby says something to Ed. Mm-hmm. And Ed's like, well, why don't you take your wife to a strip club? And it's like, the more this keeps getting using, like this weapon is getting less and less effective every time you guys use it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Jovi, uh, you know, was told by Andre that, you know, he, he thought that, you know, Yara was a gold digger. And that just, you know, was brought up to deflect about the whole strip club, strip club scenario. So... I don't think yeah. that Andre really harped on it or anything like that. I think it was probably mentioned in passing, which is. Oh, no, I think I think every time I think specifically against Jovi, mm-hmm. anytime Andre gets into a, a fight, he can't win about himself. He's going to be like, well, you took your wife to a strip club. Though. Yeah. What about the strip club? And it's like, well, that was like two Z's. I barely even remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. But um, OK, so then it was very like in passing, but seems like Yara got a boob job. So what yeah, started off she did. as yeah. like uh, trying to be a main storyline, but then got derailed by the Ukrainian war. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, side note, footnote, Yara got a boob job. Yeah. yeah. Well, she just said it like she was just like, I just got my boobs done. I don't want to get. In she a was fight. like, I just got my boobs fixed. I don't want to get in a fight with Angela. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely said in passing. Which is funny because she was the one that said the most to Angela. Yeah. All right, uh, so let's move on to uh, the other huge gold digger, uh, which is Shida. So Shida went shopping with Yara, so the gold diggers went shopping together. Uh, and she is envious of Yara's independence and the fact that she has her own money to spend. Shida tells Yara that she thinks that Bilal has a way to make it seem like they're always talking, but he always ends up getting his way. Shida says that they're working on issues even bigger than babies right now. Shida is left completely out of Bilal's finances, as it turns out. He refuses to get a joint bank account. Yara is shocked that Bilal doesn't trust Shida enough to have a joint bank account. Shida says that she has no idea what Bilal is spending his money on. She's now wondering if he's hiding things from her. Shida thinks that she needs to stand her ground and hopefully things will change after the tell-all. Yara offers support and says she will tell him that it's not normal. Shida is feeling empowered and goes back to talk to Bilal about the joint bank account issue. Bilal just thinks that she's influenced by other people. He suggests that they can have a piggy bank at home. And Shida brings up their last New York trip. Bilal wonders if anything he does is ever going to be good enough. Bilal tells Shida it's either her way or the highway. Bilal feels like Shida didn't stand up for him at all at the last tell-all, or at least... You know, he's asking her not to attack him along with everyone else at this tell-all. Ed is talking about how he's planning on standing up for Bilal because Ed thinks that Shida is a gold digger. And Kim thinks that 
Ed has it all wrong, <laughs> which, yeah. God, yes, he does. Bilal walks in uh, when Jovi says that uh, Ed supports Bilal, whereas Jovi mm, doesn't quite agree. On the tell-all, they update us that they have tried a couple of times for a child now, which is definitely progress. All right. So both of these, Bilal and Shida, both of them seem to think that the other person is always getting their way. So who do you think is really getting their way? Uh, it, generally, until uh, until we get the revelation that they're act actively, you know, made attempts at babies, yeah. I would say it was Bilal that always get it, was right, getting his right. way. Right. And that, that does seem like a pretty major instance where she's getting her way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so it's hard to say always getting their way. Right. And I think that's the key to it, right? Is no one is always getting their way, but they all, but both of them think that. They think like the other one is always getting their way. It's like, well, right. clearly it's not always. Yes, I think – well, I think – yes, they both are – they kind of have that mental bias where they really notice when the other person gets their yeah. way and really minimize when they get their right, way, right? right. So, so Shida on, on her end is like, well, yeah, we tried like twice, but I asked him for like a year for before he would try. Right. So he got his way. Yeah. I didn't get my way, right? Yeah. Um, and he's like – well, yeah, we don't have a joint bank account, but think of all the things that I bought for her when she asked me to buy them. So she got what she wanted. She got her way. Right. Um, and they they just don't see it. They're, they have – yeah, it's a mental bias. But they're both – right. There is a lot of decent amount of compromise going on, but they both think they haven't compromised. Right. OK. So what do you think is Bilal's biggest hangup about having a joint bank account? Is he afraid that she's just going to clear it out? Is he afraid that she's going to see what he spends his money on? Like, why does he not want to have her name on the account? Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I'm afraid he's kind of old-fashioned and misogynistic and is like likes the idea of just having a kept wife mm -hmm. that it's like why would you need a joint why would you why would you need a joint bank account right. i get you everything you am i not taking enough care of you yeah i'm taking great care of you we wouldn't need why do you need that mm -hmm. right and it's you know kind of that deflective stuff but i i i do think he doesn't trust her and i think at the end of the day he's afraid she's gonna get divorce him and when she goes clear out the bank account with it and like go and I think he's just terrified of that and is like overly protecting himself mm -hmm. from that. Um, but I think it's a combination of both. I, I really do. It's like he he feels that if she wants to have access to the money, then he's not taking good enough care of her. Mm -hmm. Or and and that but then that kind of offends him that she that oh you, are you saying I don't take I don't provide for you because you need the money. Which is all weird. It's all backwards and wrong. Like, what, that makes sense. Why would you? She's not a kept woman, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even his comment about the piggy bank situation, it's like, why does he always make these little jokes that almost like mock and minimize like what she wants? Well, right. He treated it as if it was one of his children yeah. asking for a joint bank account with him. Right. Right. Like, and that's, and saying we'll have a piggy bank doesn't help that. Like that that's kind of one of the grossest ways it looks like it always he always treats her as if she's a child yeah. that he's supposed to be taking care of. And like, you know, if she asks for something money, he's like, well, you know, that's a really big responsibility. Like she's a seven year old that right, asked for a dog. Right. OK, so I know it hasn't happened yet because we've only seen one of 25 percent of this tell all. Right. Do you think everyone mm -hmm. is going to like attack Bilal like last time? Well, everybody but Ed, apparently. Uh, yeah, that's true. Ed thought he's brilliant. Well, who cares? Oh, man, Everybody's going to attack Ed in like a couple minutes anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to see Ed. Ed. Ed really gets the, the bad of it. But like, yeah, I mean, it, I'm not surprised that of all the people we saw, he was like, oh, I think Bilal's great. She's trying to scam him. Oh, man. He was uh, – pranks. Those are – that was fantastic. Just brilliant. It's like, an yes, idiot. Well, Bilal's course. an idiot and if too. I was, if I was Bilal, I'd be like, oh, no, this is terrible. I must have made a huge mistake if the one person on stage who thinks I did good things is, is Ed. Yeah, yeah, I would think so, too. Uh, yeah, so I hope they do because when it happened before at the last tell-all and everybody was, like, jumping on Bilal, you know, like, telling him off, calling him a salesperson, you know, I was just like, yes, this is what he needs to hear. <laughs> and the fact that they did it so effectively where they, they left him literally speechless. Speechless. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah. I'm like, this needs to happen again. Yeah. I mean, 
But I don't, I just don't know. I think he kind of learned his lesson. And I think his MO for this one is just going to be like, keep your mouth shut and they'll move on as quickly as they possibly yeah. can. <laughs> well, I mean, he, so, he tried that method the last time. Yeah, I, I, I think he tried. I think this time he will try even less. Mm-hmm. Like, because because I mean, the last the last time we kind of saw a replay of yeah. it. He like tried to say it, and and then the other guy was like, "There it is. That's the salesman talk. Right. I hear it. Right, like, right. And if he doesn't do that, then they can't do that. It'll just be like, mm-hmm, yep, and just move on. Yeah, well. All right. So that brings us to my last people is Jenny and Summit. So Jenny is in New York too, and they try to fake us out, making us think she's not in New York because they show her shopping at an international market buying Indian food. But it's her first time back to the States in three years, and she's walking around tourist style like, you know, the New York tourists with their heads like craned back, so they're looking up the whole time. She says it's a reverse culture shock, but it's refreshing that everybody speaks English at least. So they kind of pair her up with Kim, the only cast member that really reached out, and they see a lot of similarities between themselves. They grew up in San Diego. They um, are a partner, an unacceptably old partner <laughs> to, to their to the person they're with, um, and the parents hate them. So Jenny talks about her preference for bringing Summit uh, to live in America, and she says she, you know, might even consider if he won't go, I'm coming back without him. So like everyone else, Kim and Jenny are worried that Angela is going to scream at them at the tell-all. Like, thankfully, so far they both escaped that. So in the green room, we hear about. <laughs> Jenny's stomach issues readjusting to American food. So once the tell-all gets started for real, they check in with Samit, who's still back in India talking about how much he misses her, and it actually brings her to tears. So I, the other thing, though, is I feel like we, we mostly used them for, Samit for, in this episode, was Samit had, like, all the reaction shots. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> just they just kept coming back to him. Oh, somebody said something outrageous. What did Samit do? Oh, look at that. <laughs> so, yeah, at least he had a, a part to play. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot going on with them. I was a little surprised that Jenny and Kim were like Insta BFFs. Um, not mm-hmm. that I didn't think they would get along or anything like that. But, you know, it, it just it was it was funny to me. It was almost like Kim mm-hmm. took on this like motherly protective role for Jenny, you know, like. Taking her right, under right, her right. wing, you know. Well, and that's the thing. It's like she's like, oh, I'm going to get her in case anybody attacks yeah. her. I'm, I'm willing to stand up for yeah. her. But like, who's going to attack Jenny? Like, nobody has been yeah, with maybe Jenny. Maybe Samit's family, if they bring yes, him on. Yes, but. Oh, yes. Samit's mom, yes. If she's there, of course, then somebody's attacking. But nobody on stage is going to come no, for Jenny. No, they're not. She's Yeah, she comes off as kind of fragile, too. So, yeah. 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 But I mean, other than that, they didn't really have much going on. It'll be interesting to see if his family does. They've got to appear, right? You'd think so. Yeah. But, but they they couldn't get the mom on camera at all this season, except for after they after he told them they were married. Yeah. Right. The mom just disappeared. The dad came back eventually. Right. Right. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the dad and um, the brother and the sister-in-law. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the large majority of this show was really Ed and Liz. So let's get started on that. Uh, Back in San Diego, Ed tells us that he's broken up with Liz. He didn't see any changes even after they were both going to counseling. Liz moved out three months ago, and Ed thinks that living by himself with the dogs would help him gain perspective on their relationship. He doesn't see this as a breakup, but just a break. Liz tells us that she uh, was given a week to move out. She couch surfed for a month and a half and found a place. She meets up with her friend, J-Lo, and Liz says that she's still angry with Ed. She's also mad at herself for not being prepared to do everything by herself. Liz still misses Ed, and she admits to J-Lo that they have been seeing each other. Ed says it's fun again, and it feels different this time. He has learned something after every breakup, but he thinks if he breaks her heart this time, that it will really, really, really be over. Yeah, we've heard that a time or two. Yeah. So Liz says that they see each other every other day. Ed wants her to wear her ring, even though Liz doesn't know what it means. She doesn't know if I wear the ring, does it mean we're engaged? Ed is on his way to the bloodbath, as he puts it. He's anxious that Liz and him, if they don't show up together, that people are going to talk. And Ed is worried about if they're just wasting their time together by arguing. The answer is yes. Uh, Liz is struggling with how the person who asked her to marry him isn't there for her. 
She knows it's time to be in a rela- she knows it's time to be in a relationship with him or cut ties completely. Ed is chugging some Pepto-Bismol when he meets Kim and offers her unsolicited advice about being okay with being alone. Uh, Liz walks in and gives Kim a big hug. She knows that, you know, Liz says she knows she's going to look stupid by going back to Ed, but she thinks that this is the healthiest that they've ever been. Uh, When asked on the tell-all what their status is, Ed says that they're engaged, while Liz is confused and just shaking her head. They didn't stay in the same hotel room, and Liz says that they only see each other every other night. And everyone says that it sounds too complicated, and there just seem to be too many rules. Ed tells us that he didn't kick Liz out, while Liz is uh, saying that she was kicked out twice. His friend even helped pack up her stuff. And Jovi says that if you're engaged to someone, you just don't do that to them. Ed says that they were getting they weren't getting along and he was trying to do the respectful thing. They both say that they have their respective places, which is what they both need. Ed thinks this new relationship is working for them. Shida says that Liz needs to be more bold like her. Ed claims that he has never felt so secure and Liz, she actually disagrees. She says that she'll not move in with Ed again unless they pick out a place together and Ed claims that they will need two bedrooms as Liz just rolls her eyes. Liz says that she is on her very last straw and Ed pipes in that he is too. We get to hear from Rich, uh, Ed's friend, and Ed warns Liz to be nice to him. Rich doesn't know if they're friends again. Rich and Liz both say that their relationship with Ed is on and off. Rich doesn't understand why Liz keeps coming back. Neither do all of us. Ed says that Liz will give him ultimatums like marry me in two weeks. And Liz is denying ever saying that and instead tells him that she wanted him to be all in and show her. She has threatened to sleep around and Ed says he's uh, threatened and she should just go live her single life. They see a clip of Ed coaching Liz on the photography. So that was like a whole thing this season. And they start bickering over which one of them is the more jealous of the two. They quickly pivot to the gay co-worker at the engagement party drama who Ed felt threatened by. Sean asks Liz uh, if Liz thinks Ed has been seeing anyone else. And Liz says that she knows he was on an Asian dating app. Someone had messaged her on Instagram. And so after uh, Liz and her mom created an account on the same site to try and stalk Ed's account. They saw that he was active and Ed denies it, saying that she's spying on him. Ed claims Mm. that he's a socialite and that's who he is. I was like, do you even know what that means? I don't think he knows what that means. I don't think he knows what that means either. Uh, Andre thinks the relationship is over and Ed will end up being single for the rest of his life. Jovi tries to defend Liz and Ed attacks him. Ed says that he loves her and they just need to talk. Sean asks if Ed has talked to his ex Rose and he initially says no. But after more pushing from Sean, Ed sees the writing on the wall here and says that, oh, maybe he did, but he doesn't remember. I can't remember. I I can't remember anything like that. He knows knows what's going to happen next. So (laughs) all of a sudden he starts, you know, well, maybe I don't remember. Liz looks mad that Ed isn't answering the question. And then they bring in Rose on video chat. Rose says hi to Liz and they are very kind to one another, calling each other beautiful. Liz asks her if she's talked to Ed in the last couple of months, and she says, yes, Ed looks like he's just going to cry. <laughs> so, oh, gosh, where do we even start? Um, all right, let's start with this. Uh, they seem to be having uh, they seem to not be on the same page what the status of their relationship is. Uh, but uh-huh. I, I feel like Ed is just. You know, a lot of this, a lot of what he said, a lot of the contradictory things we've heard is him just trying to save face in front of everyone. Right. Like that's right. Like the Mm -hmm. whole it always has been. Yeah. 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 So he just doesn't want to look bad. And so let's start off with the whole like, are they engaged or not? So he's like, yes, we're engaged. And she's like, what? This is news to me. It just sounds like Ed doesn't want to have a relationship he just wants her to not sleep with other men. And so yeah. if saying engaged means that w- that's what happens, then okay. If saying we're not engaged that's what hap- and that doesn't happen without that, then okay. But I don't think he cares as long as he gets what he wants, which is like her weird like 
sexual purity. Uh, yeah. Or weird, like, loyalty to him. Like, yes. Yeah. Someone committed to him, but then also he is free to be independent and, like, do whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Uh, the thing that kind of was like, eh. Uh, we can talk about this is everyone seemed to jump on them when they were talking about, you know, the fact that they weren't living together and that they only saw each other every other night. Now, I was OK with when they were saying, oh, yeah, that sounds like complicated and there's too many rules. But then they, you know, a lot of the couples were kind of, you know, judging them, saying, like, you're never going to live together. That can't be a real. That can't be real, which is like, I don't know. I definitely feel like that's something I don't know. As, as you get older, I'm like, yeah, I could see doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like I could see, yeah, right? Especially if, like I know people, I, married couples now who like somebody snores so they sleep in different right. rooms. Like that's not crazy. Um, or, or I mean, I would say it's unusual, yeah. I would say, but I don't think it's the realm of crazy. What works for them works for them. Mm-hmm. But I just, I think they're kind of lying about how much it works for them. And I do think yeah. it, it is a red flag, not that they're not necessarily living together or even they chose to live together. Mm-hmm. They want to live together. They want to get a place where they have their separate rooms. Mm-hmm. That can work. It's the rules. No, we can only see each other exactly every other night. Right, right. right? We, have, we cannot vary from that. When you're setting like rules for yourself in the relationship like that, that means that you just like don't trust yourselves in the relationship, which is – Means you shouldn't be in that relationship. Right. And that's kind of how I took their whole living situation to be. It's It would be certainly one thing if they both came into this relationship saying, I need my space. I, you know, mm-hmm. and it does nothing to do with you. It has to do with just I need my space. I think it's best if I'm with a partner who feels the same way and we have our own places. But I feel like their living situation is a product of their terrible relationship, which is something different. Right. And it wasn't it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't two people. And I mean, how many couples like had their own space because they're single in their, you know, 30s anyway, yeah. right? And just they date and they date and they date and they just never end up moving in together, right? right? That's when they get married or whatever, but there's serious relationships where like, oh, we don't live together because we had our own places and we just kept our own yeah. places. Um, but that's not how this happened. Right. They lived together and he kicked her out. Yeah, that was so messed up. And like, I can understand why she is super hesitant to ever move in with him again, because if he just has the power to kick her out whenever he wants, I wouldn't. I would say, like, if we're going to move in together, exactly what My name's going to be on the lease. We got to get our we got to pick out a new place together because we're both on the lease and you can't just kick me out. Yes. Yeah. And I don't. He wouldn't do that because he wants to be able to kick her right, out Um, because right. he's an asshole. Like, and again, he tries to do this, that thing. Like, it, it, it he just, you're right. He's just always trying to save face. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it, it, when it gets the worst is when he tries to save face by like insulting her, mm-hmm. um, like in a way, like, I don't know, because he, it, or going after everybody else. The th- like the thing that bothered me, he was like, well, you telling Liz, you always just get stuck in toxic relationships, toxic, sick relationships. And it's like, yes. Yeah, with you. Like yours. <laughs> like the one with you that she's currently right. maybe in. Yeah, that was the other thing. I It was very unclear to me if they were together or not because – and I get that the um, it was before and this couple is so volatile that even though it was 72 hours before, maybe they were broken up 72 hours before. We have no idea. But it definitely started off with Ed saying, we're, we're broken up. She moved out. Like nowhere in there was he saying that they were seeing each other again. And then all of a sudden we get to Liz and we're seeing each other again. But she's like, but I don't know we're engaged. We get to the tell all we're engaged it's like oh my gosh what is going on with this couple yeah i mean it, it they're just all over two places and I it's funny well and the other thing too he's like kicked yelling at everybody he was like he was like it'll happen to you just wait it'll happen to you was like no it doesn't happen to most people right. like most people don't get so sick of their partner that they kick them out that's yeah, not normal that's insane and plus like she really literally was homeless. 
So having yeah, she like, was like, oh, I couch surf for a while. Well, couch surfing is homelessness. Right, that, that's what right. that is. And it's yes. like so callous enough to not even care about her situation. Like it just doesn't seem like he is a loving partner to her. Like and that's the no, other thing. Like even not. Rich said, I don't understand why Liz keeps coming back. I don't either. Ed is awful to her. He's awful. Like even beyond the parts that we don't right. see. I feel like. He's on camera. He's cognizant that he's oh, on absolutely. camera of all the people on things. So he's a worse person when he's not oh, on camera, for sure. which is why we didn't see her getting kicked mm-hmm. out. Right. And yeah, just callous. I no, I I can't. I can't deal with this. And that, that, that couples therapy right. thing. He is an eye person. Yeah. He cannot go into you. He's just like everything. He does the therapy. So he says, I, but it's like, I feel it's like I need I need, I need, I yeah. need is all he ever says is I need, I need, I need. Um, and but like it's even but then we even had him on stage. He said something like to her, somebody tried set to maybe interrupted him. He was like, No, you listen with two ears and you don't talk. I was like, Who are you speaking to? Are you speaking to a kindergartner? So rude. No wonder he gets it, along like, with Bilal so much. I know, I know. And I feel bad for her with the I mean. I, I I say I say I feel bad for her, but I don't right. because at this point the fact that she keeps going yeah. back to him is like, well, then you get what you get. Uh, yeah. Like you know what's happening. I feel bad that but she's like, been treated like that, but it's like a conscious decision. And I know people will say, like, you know, because I mean this is kind of borderline an abusive relationship. And there are people who, yes. you know, get stuck in like the abuse cycle and it's very difficult for them to leave. And so but at the same time, it's just like you have had every opportunity in the world to leave. Even but especially because it's in a, a weird abuse cycle, the way he abuses her is by tossing her aside, right? Yeah. right? Not by like sealing her off and making her feel right. like she can't doesn't have any other choices. Like it's a it's a weird thing. But the Asian website mm-hmm. thing is like she seems very insecure that he that she's never going to be Asian enough for him because <laughs> she's not Asian. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing that was like really ridiculous to me too is. Ed was trying to turn that around and be like, she's stalking me. It's like, well, yeah, she should be following up. Let's call it that, not stalking. She should be following up on, you know, information that you are trying to date someone else. That's not stalking. Yeah, I mean, it, it, making a fake profile is something. It could have been like, hey, Ed, somebody told me they found her. Well, you know, he's going to lie about that. What? Right. Yeah, and and so right, and you know he's gonna, but then he lies about it, and you can have well, let me, I don't know, it it, it, it to use. I feel bad for the per, the Asian person's fake pictures that they had to use oh, to make, uh, to make the account. Yeah, that yeah, because Ed said there was many steps you had to, uh, <laughs> you know, get in order to make a profile to verify. Yeah, this profile because I'm sure that there are many, many catfish who just Oh, yeah. And I'm sure like scroll. bots, right? Just like bots for yes. days. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Ed. All right. Terrible. Yeah. Ed. Well, this whole thing, we have six more hours. Oh, my gosh. Stuff. Well, I mean, I think we can say right now, right? Let's just skip to it. Ed's are dunce, right? Or Angela. Oh. No, I went with Angela. I went with Angela just because that was dumb. Like that was dumb. Like yeah. there was no reason for it to be on TV. She did the job. It's like it's it's at this point it's just pathetic trying. Like to me, it it, it doesn't it, it doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem genuine. It's just like she's she's literally hanging her ass out. Yeah. Um, yeah. For us to okay. Talk well, about I went with TV. Ed because I mean, come on, kicking out your as you say oh my, yeah, fiance out of love. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did it out of right. love, and it doesn't. It, it it just it, it at what point does that relationship get to where it wants to right. be? He's like, in order for this relationship to work, we have to be distant. We'll get and it, 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 there's an implication that kind of maybe mm-hmm. that at some point they'll actually have a close relationship, but we can't do it now. That's not that's, that's not how relationships yeah. work. You don't like back up to pull it back in to back up to pull it back in. That's like that. You're either a party or not. It's it. Yeah, he's awful. Right. He is awful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we went backwards a little bit this time. So, who was your student of the week? I went with Jenny mm-hmm. just because I feel like we did hear her talk. We didn't hear submit talk yeah. at all. Like we just heard him say hi. Um, but at least of all the people she talked, she seemed like she had positive vibes. Like she was excited and likes her partner still. Like 
you know, cried because she missed her partner, yeah. you know, which shows she really cares. Oh, of course. We but always say like, that, right? Well, I'm just so happy to be here. This is so great. Like, at least it was like, okay, somebody's excited for this. Yeah. Um, I went with Yara. I thought that she seemed really supportive of Shida, gave her some advice without being pushy. I feel like how she handled Angela by kind of like demanding respect. I mean, it didn't make things worse. You know, and uh, what she said really couldn't be argued with. Um, I thought that Mm -hmm. she wasn't trying to get into a fight, really, like even with Andre, where she could have potentially gotten really upset. You know, when they started coming out, the things that Andre was saying about Yara, Yara was like, I agree with that, you know, and then when it got to Mm -hmm. Gold Digger, she was like, hold up, you know, and she defended herself. But I don't think she was unreasonable with anything that she did. I think I also think she was the Gold Digger thing I thought was funny because she was like, wait, you think if I was a Gold Digger, this is the best I could do? Come on now. (laughs) Like, yeah. If I was in it for the money, I would do way better than right, this. Right, right, <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I went with Yara. Um, okay. How about your life lesson? My life lesson. Take your medications as directed oh, and don't just chug Pepto-Bismol oh, straight my out of the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds awful. I'm like, I saw him too. I was like, oh, my God. I, my mouth just tastes gross uh, watching him do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was actually directed at Ed, too. Um, it was the whole, like, kicking someone out, you know? And I had a situation where I had a roommate for a year who kind of had the same situation. Like, a very, very similar situation where his girlfriend kept on threatening to kick him out. Where he got to the point where they were still together, they didn't break up, but he lived with me for a good eight months. Um, and it was because it made him feel like a, like a, like this feeling of insecurity in their relationship that not only is the relationship in balance, but like you're living, you're, your living yes, situation is unstable. Yeah. And I just think that really can affect someone negatively. So if you're in a relationship with someone where you have the power to kick someone out, you should never use that. Yeah, yeah that that's true. And you, you shouldn't – and that goes the other way. Mm-hmm. You really – I mean, yeah, you shouldn't put yourself into right, a situation sure. where somebody can just unilaterally kick you yeah. out. Like, yeah, get get your names on the lease. There you go. Get your name on the lease. There's yeah. one for Liz, right? Because and that was the other thing too is uh, his girl. My situation with my old roommate, his girlfriend didn't want to put him on the lease because uh, she had told some like white lie to her landlord, and so it would have looked weird if she had put her boyfriend on the lease because I think she like had told her landlord some other lie about the other guy that she was living with. So it was like some weird thing where oh. like she didn't want to go back and like say, I, I don't know the entire story, but there was some weird reason why where he couldn't be on the lease. And so, you know, it's like he would have felt better if he was on the lease and, you know, couldn't have just been kicked out at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we will be back with the same group uh, next week. Uh, we're no more next week. Yep. Only one of four parts in. So uh, maybe we'll get a little bit more information uh, about some of these loose ends that we have. So until then. All right. See everybody okay. then. Bye. Okay. Bye.